Young hearts run free. Young hearts run free. Young hearts run free. Young hearts run free. Welcome to season five, episode four of the Young Hearts Run Free podcast. I'm John Cassidy. He's Stephen Watt. How you doing, Stephen? I am good. Thank you, John. Thank you for that introduction. No worries, man. Now, last week, I was just literally just off the plane. We recorded a wee intro to the podcast that has went down very well. The one with Adrian Stott and Debbie Martin-Kinsani has been great. Feedback from that, where you spoke specifically about the Anglo-Celtic plate, but we only got a chance to briefly touch about your wonderful weekend in Indersnecky and also coming back to now be fully focused 100% on Boston. So it would be good to maybe spend a wee bit more time on that mm. um, just to see, well, uh, my first question is, are you fully recovered from your exploits in Indersnecky? Yes. I'm fully recovered. I don't even think I've had much chance to recover. It's just been a continuation um, on, on a pretty meaty part of my training block in terms of volume. So, I, I, I've not even had the chance to think if I'm recovered or no. It's, it's right back on the hamster wheel. And that feels right. okay. Okay, remind me of race day, 18th of April. Easter Monday, John. Eastern Monday, 18th of April. Is that the last day, Well, that's debatable. That's a, that's a different podcast, man, because is it okay. Friday, is it Saturday, Sunday, or Monday? Okay. I've started eating eggs already, man. I've 99 pence in the shops. I'm into them already. Um, but <laughs> how do we digress into chocolate? There you go. Three weeks on Monday, if we're thinking about it. Aye. No, but the reason I'm asking that is you put in, well, a PB time in your half marathon, which can be very could be very taxing on the legs, on the lungs, on all parts of your body. But do you think, have you recovered quicker, better than you would have previously because of the experience you've had with Handsome Bob since January? Has it been a better experience for you is what I'm trying to I, I think the short, the shortest answer to that is yes. I've, I've no felt that that effort at Inverness was detrimental to the following week's training. In fact, Aye. in some respects, this will sound a little bit daft almost, but in some respects, it was a nice short run. Aye, because it was part of your training run, wasn't it? Your, your training has, I don't know much about training peaks and all that sort of stuff, but your training uh-huh. certainly had been ramping up and maybe yeah. it's been ramping up again. We'll ask that question just in a minute. But... Mm-hmm. The half marathon distance was, as you've just said, it was a bit of a, maybe a wee bit of a refresh, a wee bit of a break for you. It was almost like a mini taper into it and then a shorter long weekend run at a a more intense pace. And yeah, I actually quite enjoyed the fact that I wasn't out for three hours. I was out for no less than half that time. And maybe that made me feel quite energised. Maybe that's all by design. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trusting the process, John. You start talking like that, aren't you? right? Okay, that's cool. Trust the process. Yeah, that's cool. So, was the and if 
for my mind, if I went and did something like a half marathon, I'd probably have about four or five days off. But if what you're saying is it's part of your training programme, how many days off did you have post Inverness? None. Just right. That's what I'm saying. I was just on, that was the Sunday. On the Monday, I had a steady eight mile or something. Do you know, just at... Day after. Day after, just at five out of ten sort of effort. Kipchoge pace. Um, well, no, it wasn't because Kipchoge's pace recovery run, this was easy run. So Kipchoge pace is, you know, one and a half out of ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This was, this was a, a five out of ten on, I suppose my legs were, knew that they'd been working the day before, but aye, it didn't feel hugely ta- taxing. And I'm not saying that boastfully, it's more a confidence builder that I'm, becoming tuned up uh, no I, I'm not it doesn't sound like you're coming across big heated nothing like that it's just it's where you are in your training block mm-hmm. you know so um with the crescendo oh I love a good crescendo man but so eyes are now firmly locked on Boston mm-hmm. aren't they mm-hmm. what is your and we'll speak about this more in the next couple of weeks what does taper look like for you now? Have you discussed that yet? Nah, never ever look more than a week ahead. So I know okay. that taper's coming um, mm-hmm. in the fortnight before. It's been, you know, mentioned and as something to look forward to. Bob very much can relate to that feeling at the moment because he's tapering ahead at Anglo Celtic Plate himself. And I got the sense last weekend after he got his last big long effort run out of the way there was a certain relief to the intensity dropping from him and he was almost saying that'll be you soon and that's a good feeling. Yeah and well you've mentioned the Anglo-Celtic plate there and we'll come this is good this way it all works in for us because your run is two weeks after the Anglo-Celtic plate so your mm-hmm. taper will begin that weekend-ish. Yep exactly that. There. Exactly. And as I said at the, at the very start the the reaction we've had from the podcast last week with yourself, Adrian and Debbie has been really good, really positive. People are picking up on it. And the timing of it was perfect. And you mentioned about Bob and all the other elites. I've seen, I got actually seen, got eyes on Ali McGill on Saturday on, on the inch. She's been doing there, doing a couple of runs. I've noticed a couple of our listeners have been messaging me about um, where the best places to get bacon rolls. In Perth, oh, what is I sent folk. I sent folk to the way in. Can the way in doing towards the I, south inch? That's the other inch, though. That's the other side of the tune, almost. Because it was a yeah. Sunday. There's not that okay. many establishments showing on, on a Sunday morning. You know. I know often, and I'm wondering if this will be the case on the third of April ACP day. There's a wee burger van sits outside Bell Sports Centre. It's a bigger burger van, eh? Because a couple of weeks ago, when I did my first sort of run on the inch, I got distracted by it with a wee waft. Can What's I? the fried onion smell, eh? Oh, man, it was brilliant. <laughs> Going round your hair. <laughs> so, hopefully, they'll, they'll be there. And they'll mm-hmm. do a rolling trade that day. Anyway, sorry, wow. bring it, get that out of my head. Bring it, bring it back, bring it back. So, everything's sort of falling into place. The weather watch is officially live. Oh, aye. For Sunday the 3rd of April, my app, my ACP app, 
is currently predicting 11 degrees. Oh, dry day with just a wee gust of wind, but no, no, no very much. So perfect running weather, I think, is Take that, eh? definitely. This week in Perth has been quite brilliant. Lovely spring weather. What a difference. In fact, just on the weather, John, we've spoken a wee bit about how windy a start to the year it's been in terms of the weather. Mm-hmm. Um, January, February, March, I think it's it's felt like we've been all running into a wind, a headwind yeah, <laughs> permanently. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we spoke about how that actually builds up your resilience anyway and you become a running superhero because of it. But this week, running in the sun when they wind, I'm like, what the fuck? Sorry. Uh, what the heck? It's like this is this is alien. <laughs> and, yeah, and yeah. The, the temperatures just, have spiked up. But just totally backs up what you've just said, though. All that stuff people did in the headwind will benefit them now. I never heard that because I was injured when that headwind thing was going on. I, I was. You, you did time that particularly well as far as Mother Nature was concerned. I, I did, but I'm just sort of hoping I didn't end up paying the price for being out at that point. Because I'll be honest, six weeks ago, I was debating, well, would I even be running in the Anglo-Celtic plate? Well, I'm sorry, take that back. Would I be running on the 3rd of April? I'm not running in the Anglo-Celtic plate. <laughs> I'll be on the same course, but I won't be taking part in that... Uh, event. That event. Yeah, I'll be doing the self-transcendence. So, that's what I'll be you're doing a, se- a second appearance at Self Transcendence for John after a 2016 debut. Yes. At the 50k distance, uh, a break in 2019. I can't even remember why he didn't turn out in 2019, but there'll been a good reason. Do you can? Are you just saying no, that? No, I'm just saying that. I must have had something else on, man, that was coming up. You were there, what? bloody watching me and and. I was eating all these eating all these drop bags and things like that. It was oh, great, you were. Man. You were One of the best days of my life pie. in the North Inch. You were into my port pie supply. I could sense it every time I ran past you. I remember somebody had the uh, resources rolls with the spicy black pepper through them. I ate a few of them. Don't know whose they were, but bro. <laughs> so if you if you like them, bring them back this week. And stra- strangely, my Facebook memories today was saying three weeks today, it says Thursday the day, the 24th, Mm-hmm. Three years ago today was the 2019 self-transcendence, which so getting all nice, those memories of the day flashing up at me. It was a brilliant day. And I don't think we've mentioned, we mentioned this probably a couple of seasons ago, but Beth Pascal was on the North Inch that day. and She was indeed. Had an amazing run and that set her up for some phenomenal running over the next couple of years. You know, so yes, I did. Um, I had the pleasure of being lapped by Beth a few times during aye. that my my day out. But aye, she she just went through her race process. Just oh, phenomenal man! But she and Young Hearts Run Free. She obviously listens in, and we played no small part in the success that she's had. I think we're a big. I think. We've got a chapter in our book, I think, that's just around about us and how the inspiration has, you know, careered her on to, to achieve yeah. amazing things. Well done, now, yeah. I've, yes, yes. She's always welcome. She wants to come on and have a, have a wee chat. Her door's always open. Um, 
I've been on the inch a couple of times in the last few weeks, just testing myself out. I have seen that. How my calf has been. And? Um, I'm not 100% happy with it, but mm-hmm. I was doing a couple of weeks ago, I did, I've done a session, I did 10 laps, I did 12 laps, and I did another 10 laps yesterday. So, but to let people know, if you're doing the 50k, it's 21 laps you will be expected to complete to to yeah. do that distance. Um, I would have liked to have done a wee bit more. I would have I would have liked to have got to about 15 laps, but it's just the way things have happened uh-huh. for me. It's just no work. So I will be toughing it out. I think definitely. But as I say, six weeks ago, I I couldn't have seen me actually putting on a pair of shorts <laughs> I'll definitely wear shorts but I, I couldn't have seen myself actually taking part in the event so I'm delighted that's so, great news I think I, um, well you John you've you've been there before both on the inch toughing it out and mm. you've toughed it out at some pretty majestic events um, and, and you've got that in your DNA you know, stubborn, to, stubborn aye and, and especially the fact that there's there's food at the end as a reward um, that that fuels your motivation in the end um but no I, I can find that you'll you'll no succumb and i think watching the you go and getting that those laps of the inch in doing that little bit of specific training yeah nod, nodding to the owl and yes if you know and that is yeah exactly what you need to be doing just getting into that little, I don't know, almost like meditative state. It's exactly that. But you know what? I was listening to the podcast that we put out last week and 200 runners, you know? Oh, know. Um, so there's going to be, for me, I'll be getting lapped hundreds of times with folk, which I'm, which I'm totally cool with. That's not a problem. It doesn't worry me. But there's going to be quite a lot of chat that I'm looking forward to. And there's quite a lot of listeners coming that, um, we've well, had interactions with on social media yep. but that actual face-to-face visible chatting to folk I'm really really looking forward to that so if you are coming along do not hesitate to have a bit of crack with us because that's what we're up for um, no, brilliant. one last tip if you are running we've maybe spoken about this before and you're starting to grind it out towards the end some folk didn't hate you that. Some folk are still flying or they get the finish line. Um, Aye, the draw. The, the draw. But there's little stones built into the path on the inch, little discs that are mm. 200 metres apart. Right. Yeah. And the, the inch is 1.5 miles round. So there's quite a few of these 200 metre. And that's what I've used them before to do sort of interval sessions and things like that but at the end of the angle celtic play itself transcendence you can just use them just as little 200 Aye. meter milestones yeah <laughs> they're like wee flagstones aren't they all the way around yeah yeah. So, yeah yeah and that's what they are and if you know once you know they're 200 meters apart you can start really kind of using them to your advantage so you can top even, tips for the locals there you go you could even you do a wee fat leg session your last Aye, couple on, of laps on your 21st lap or your your 40 second lap if you're that way inclined Mm. so I oh, can't wait I know it's getting exciting so there, I'm sure there will be more Anglo-Celtic plate chat next week I mm-hmm. pretty much guarantee it because that will be the week of the event and we'll give you 
another weather update closer That's to the day. So let's talk about this week. Who we got on this week? We have a chap that we have had lined up for a wee while actually, which is the off he like us, you know, we, we do a wee bit of forward planning, but usually um, know as, as well as this. And um, Ross Brannigan is the guy's name, and he has compiled a, a book that is due for release on the 5th of May called Running Adventures Scotland. And what's, what's not to love about that? Young Hearts Run Free, Running Adventures Scotland. There's a definite synergy, isn't there? Um, so, yeah, Ross is on to not only speak about the book, but also speak about his own running experiences. And, yeah, he is originally from Timakuri. Yeah, in Clackmannanshire, yeah, shadow of the Ochils. Um, we speak a bit about that, but he's now based down in Kendal in the Lake District, so he has access to a no bad amount of hills and fells, has he? So he has, in the last year, during COVID, compiled this book with 25 inspirational running routes in Scotland. And yeah, it's, it's a great chat, both book-related and non-book-related that we have with Ross. Most definitely. And is that good? We're going to meet him twice. Yes, we, we felt it was worthwhile catching up with him twice. Yeah. Okay. We tip for any podcasters, future podcasters, if you use online recording software, and if your name's John, always press record. <laughs> <laughs> Big welcome along to the Young Hearts Run Free podcast. Ross, how are you doing? Hi guys, I'm all right. Yeah, just back from a quick bike ride out in the sunshine and then I spent about 45 minutes lounging on the couch, stuffing my face before I realised I needed to run upstairs and actually get onto the <laughs> onto this podcast. So. It sounds like a perfect, so, sorry, a perfect what afternoon. Stuff, what were you stuffing your face with? Uh, I have to confess, I'm a bit of a fiend for yoghurt actually um, and... I love me some good yogurt with some chopped up apple and some raisins and some granola and everything thrown into it and and then I might have reached in and have a had a custard cream as well. So just one. Just a one, yeah. I'm saving the rest for later, you know. It's pro this is like timed recovery. You know, you get your immediate recovery food in and then later on you get the you get the full on carbs. That is a good and show of discipline. Well done. Is that natural yogurt or flavoured yogurt? natural yoga right cool okay because there's a whole range it's like shampoos these days there's so many things to choose from isn't there so but mm. I, I too am a fan of natural yoga yeah john has digressed us right away ross we did warn you <laughs> we did warn you that this might happen on our pre-chat yeah so <laughs> it's happened instantly but i want to lay out the red carpet for you again Welcome to the Young Hearts Run Free podcast. We'll get on with the actual show now. Honest listeners, we will. Um, we've been, um, like we've said in our intro, we've been tracking Ross down for a while um, whilst he's been compiling his book, his first ever book. Um, and that's going to be the main topic of our conversation. Although we, on Young Hearts Run Free, do like to find out a little bit about our guests before we get into the nitty gritty and that's what we're going to start with Ross if that's okay we just want to know a little bit about your own running outdoorsy journey. Yeah yeah so uh, yeah outdoors kind of history um, I think 
the best place to start is kind of for me i came to sport through hill walking uh, so I grew up in Clackmannanshire, just around the corner from Stevie himself in Ochterara. So I was in Tillicoutry at the foot of the Oakle Hills, a magical place to go explore and go running. They do feature in the book, actually. Um, and since I was a wee babby, I was uh, walking around them with my parents uh, and with my brother in tow. And by the age of 10, I was off doing some Munro's. So I went up to Glen Shee with my parents and did uh, Glen Uzda, uh, Karn Uzda even, and uh, the Cairnwell. And then really from there, it was kind of like a passionate, like following, um, you know, this like, you know, the Munro tick list, I guess you could say, um, guided our family holidays um, for much of our childhood. Um, and then uh, sort of like, you know, going through school, sort of got into cross country, doing a bit of running there and always was fighting to get into the I think it was like uh, inter-sport, inter-county sports or something like that was the things I was always like vying to get running, uh, like into one of the running events, but then weirdly got chosen for long jump, <laughs> which was a bit a bit left field for me. I'd never done long jump in my life. I was like, what? I've done all this training for the running inter-county sports. And then all of a sudden I was in the long jump and I was like, oh, I've done something wrong here, haven't I? At five foot seven, it wasn't. Even now, it's not. It's not my best suit. So yeah, and then got a little bit more into running as sort of went into my teenage years. But um, it kind of got into a little bit more of a an unhealthy relationship with my running at, at one point. Um, sort of became quite obsessed with uh, numbers and with performance and so on, and that kind of spiraled into some mental health issues. Um, and so I parked running for a bit and decided to come back to it a little bit later after spending my uni career doing powerlifting of all things uh cycling powerlifting i know well it clearly i had a passion for it it's somewhere in the back of my mind someone someone must have seen my uh you know <laughs> i had a i had a, a pedigree for it prowess a prowess that's it so and then yeah i came back to running about four or five years ago with a bit of trepidation at first but then just combine that love of being out in the hills with this newfound passion again for running and yeah just got back into it and and since then just kind of been a bit bit hooked but in a good way <laughs> bagging Monroe's at 10 year old jings i only bagged my first ever Monroe when i was about 42 year old so kudos for that one or kudos to your mum and dad yeah exactly good on them for uh having the perseverance to drag us up though because i think I we weren't like some of them were like we were like why is our friends in spain and greece and and we're getting dragged up with monroe's it was kind of like shivering with a cup of tea and a sandwich in our hands at the top of a monroe's kind of like lighting a, light a wee fire inside That's you at it. the same time yeah i look back Brilliant. fondly on them can i ask can i ask you Rose, how old are you now i'm 26 26 years old so okay so still a relative youngster i would say i would hope so <laughs> no no most well in the present company most definitely yeah <laughs> yeah but a bit of an all-rounder in there as well when you talk about doing the long jump and powerlifting mm. different sports altogether than than i would have expected you to 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 speak about you must have done a bit of mountain biking yeah, did a bit of mountain biking to um, sort of limited amount of success. In fact, I um, competed in the Perth Funduro, um, oh. which takes place sort of on the Canoole Hill um, yeah. area, and I got absolutely destroyed. One of the one of my finest memories of it is getting to the top of a mud chute 
and looking down and being like, Fuck, I've got to go down that. And I was like, don't touch the brakes. Just don't touch the brakes. Just go down it. And what does he do? He touches the brakes, touches the brakes, slides sideways, put his hand out, hits a tree. And I'm like, oh, man, it's stunned. Look at my hand. And my, my pinky finger is like sticking the completely other direction. <laughs> and I just went, oh, man grabbed my hand it popped back in again the woman went are you all right i was like yeah i'm fine <laughs> jumped back on the bike and just absolutely sent it down the hill i was like i can't like stop i just have to keep this adrenaline going <laughs> it was just nuts so yeah i have a checkered history of biking. i stick forward to the road now yeah and i know exactly what you're talking about you're talking about canoe hauling up dukeney hill there's a lot of mm-hmm. mountain biking takes place up there as well very yeah, proud of place they call it a fun duro but i tell you what it was uh it was pretty gnarly like you know don't go in expecting a picnic it's quite it's quite rough and ready <laughs> yeah it's good it's canoe hill and canoe hill the area around about canoe hill it's mm. so accessible from the the city of perth from the city center and yet i'm up there well under normal times when we're knowing the pandemic I, I, i'm up there lots of lunch times because it's mm running distance from my office and always surprised how quiet it is for such a playground right yeah. on the doorstep of the city it's fantastic resource and um it's great listen it's if it's a wee bit of hidden secret and that's that's fine but yeah, it, yeah. um it, it's 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 fun times up there bikes mountain mountain biking or, or trail running or whatever um ross i might ask you something actually you, you touched on something about having a bit of trepidation when you return to running after your uni days um, and, and, and an unhealthy relationship with running was picking up on. I was mm-hmm. wondering if you wanted to expand on that for us a wee bit. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, at, at some point something happened when I was starting to run and I, was, I think I kind of actually remember the day that I sort of stood on a set of scales and for a long, long time I'd sort of been like 10 stone or something like that. I'd always been quite you know strong uh, going through school and stuff like that and then I just saw weight going down and something clicked in my head and just sort of like I became quite obsessed with that right um, and eventually it kind of spiraled into anorexia um, and a little bit of sort of this obsession with running and always wanting to get a PB even though I wasn't fueling properly which anyone who knows anything about nutrition and how to properly exercise knows that that's not the way to do things um, uh-huh. So yeah, it was it was a pretty dark time. It was you know nine eight nine years ago, and it took a lot to get out of that. And it was a lot of you know just patience and understanding from my family, um, and and also just friends and some who were one of the guys who got me into powerlifting. Um, I went in as a scrawny sort of like first year uni student and was like, I want to look like this guy, and I had like a picture of some dude it was absolutely jacked and uh and he was like right we're gonna start you with the basics Let you, let's get you at least deadlifting your body weight um and when I was in the queue at the canteen I had like a bottle of skimmed milk and he just like takes it in my hand and gave me a blue top and he was like get that down you and I was like all right so some of that tough love at that time was actually good for me some people is it's a little bit like oh I don't need that but for me it was good and he became someone who I really admired and looked up to and that's why I kind of followed his footsteps of doing powerlifting. Okay, so well firstly thank you for sharing that with us, um, with regard, especially with regards to your anorexia and stuff, it's 
something that we didn't we're never afraid to speak about topics like that on mm. the young hearts run free podcast but still we just want to appreciate you mentioning it because it, it may be somebody listening um is went through similar or going through similar or knows somebody going through similar um, and, and it's always good just to be open um, about mm-hmm. and discuss topics like that um, and yeah you're right fuel, fuel and, and or not fueling for runs especially when you get into the endurance stuff that you've now yeah. kind of picked up is um, yeah it's it doesn't take a rocket scientist there to say well, yeah. exactly yeah I think um, you know it's something that I don't talk often about and uh-huh. I think I think guys in particular uh, you know they're, they're susceptible to body image and growing up a lot of changes uh, family changes or going off to uni whatever and I think it's talked a lot about in girls and I think yeah. guys in particular need to be aware of that and you know be kind to yourself and and just listen to your body and and, and enjoy your running and try not to yeah bury yourself well, in a dark hole. It sounds like you've you come through that period and you've embraced getting outdoors and running and, and trail running mm. again as well what a way to talk about in in, in some great length um, here. <laughs> yeah. so, so good, good on you for, for, for doing so and and, um, and and coming out the other end sounding you know almost stronger for the experience to me mm-hmm. um yeah it's good. can i jump in there as well i think it's mm-hmm. also a good maybe a good chance as well to say that if there's guys and ladies too but if there's guys out there that they're they're noticing or checking on your pals you know yeah. if, if somebody's saying something listen to them and see if you can help them support them and there's loads of advice out there and resources that people can be referred to for support so yeah have that listening ear definitely absolutely and don't be afraid to have the conversation only by having the conversation will we break down any sort of stigma that's there so again ross thank you for sharing that and giving us the opportunity to put that message out there to people as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're back running. Yeah. Are you road running? Are you trail running? Are you hill running? It's all mostly hill running. Uh, I think to my detriment, I sometimes focus a bit too much on vertical. Um, okay. And I should probably do a little bit more flat running, but I just love the hills, man. I can't get away from them. I'm obsessed. That's quite understandable and permitted <laughs> um so in in terms uh last four or five years um, where you've been running and we're going to get on a more of this topic as we delve into the pages of your um, your super duper book um but have you got a favorite place that you're running in just now i'm not going to actually confine it to scotland because i know that you're not based in Scotland just now. You're based in <gasps> I know the Lakes. Right. The Lakes, yeah. I'm in yeah. the Lake District. Yeah, in I got in Kendall. Yeah, I um I I, w- I moved down here a couple of years ago, just uh, kind of in between a couple of lockdowns, and moved in with my partner who who works down here. My job was thankfully um, able to move uh, to be permanently from home. So, but I didn't move too far away. You couldn't get me too far away from being north of the border. And, you know, I wasn't going to go much <laughs> further south than this. Um, but, yeah, no, I think um, it's one of those things. It's probably the amount of time I've spent up in Scotland. You think I'd be sick of it. But honestly, you could spend an, a lifetime exploring Scotland. And it's just this huge diversity of landscapes, terrain and geology that I I never get tired of. And even one in particular place 
you could just search every nook and cranny and you'll find a different way to experience it, which I absolutely love. Um, I think, you know, there's there's merits to every part of Scotland. You know, the West has got beautiful ridge lines and quite wild landscapes. And then, you know, the Cairngorms, big round lumpy bumps of Arctic sort of plateau that just like have these little corners of wildness in them, which is just like absolutely draws me. And I think if there was one place I would have to say, that would be happy spending all my time in. It's probably the Cairngorms, really. Um, you know, on a rubbish day, you can find the trails through Rothy Murkis. You can go through the Rye Vowen sort of uh, glen. Um, and then on the good days, you get up into the hills and drop down into the glens, find some bothies, uh, some remote lochs, and see just some of the really, like, wild places up there. It just absolutely tickles me. It's so good. Um it's the tourist border must be on the phone to you already. <laughs> I don't know if there's any AI who drops in and listens and calls or anything like that and triggers some words for visit Scotland. That's just if my phone's listening to me. That's the thing. It'll yeah. just be like, <laughs> tell you, I'm hearing bagpipes and visualizing stags, and it's all happening for me as Ross was describing that scene. I'm in there. The hairs in the back of my neck are up. I love it. it. Yeah, I know. I was up in Glenfeshy the other week, and I'd never explored that that deep into the glen before. And then Glenfeshy is just absolutely stunning. Like it is a beautiful glen, big, you know, wild river, and you know, new trees are regenerating all over the place. It's just a beautiful spot. Uh, I'd recommend anyone to check it out if you aren't too drawn to the summits initially. Mm-hmm. See when. You- <clears throat> We're going to get right into the book in a wee while, but before yeah, yeah. we get into the book and its contents, how how did that opportunity come and knocking for you to write a book? Mm. Yeah, so I as I'm I'm very much into the outdoors, but in particular, I'm very much into writing about the outdoors. Um, and I've been a writer for as long as I can imagine. I think uh, you know. Growing up, I have lots of half-finished sort of stories that I came up with that were on my laptop or uh, on the on the desktop, the shared desktop computer. Um, and then that kind of, during university, turned to a passion for journalism, uh, and I became an editor of the student newspaper, um, did loads of news stories. I worked at a couple of newspapers and, like, one or two magazines writing some stuff. And, and then I've just been maintaining a blog for a good wee while, and that that blog rossrunswild.com is kind of an eclectic mix of well it's running obviously ross runs wild but also really passionate about cycling and some of my bikepacking trips i get to write about on that and and as well sometimes about the environment which i'm really passionate about um and it's one of those things that i've been wanting to write a book for so long and then all of a sudden Kirsty Reid, who's the commissioning editor for Vertebrate Publishing, just after I moved to Kendall, honestly, I wasn't in Scotland when I got this commission. Uh, just once I moved to Kendall, she reached out and just like went, you know, do you want to write a book? And I was like, I mean, do I have to say yes twice? That's <laughs> a ridiculous question. Um, and yeah, Kirsty, she sat me down with a couple of ideas and and then this one just stuck out like head and shoulders above the rest like I had my name written all over it like running adventures in Scotland is it was called then and then we got rid of the inn and made it a bit snappier um and it was just a chance for me to really geek out about you know 
all the places that I'd been as a kid growing up and uh-huh. and all the the fun that I'd had like taking people around Scotland and showing them the wee like gems that folk hadn't seen before and it was yeah and to get you know like I say I've always wanted to write a book but I didn't expect at the age of 26 that that opportunity would come knocking and it did and I'm very very grateful because weirdly they sort of like trust you they're like yeah <laughs> you know what you're talking about we'll leave you to it and I sort of like was putting roots up and I was like are you sure I have like are you sure <laughs> license like, to do this yeah do I have license to do this and it's like no no go on so I mean there's no going back now my name's in print so it's uh you know it's too late now I'm an authority <laughs> can I jump in there how does that feel to see your name on a book it is really odd it's I don't think it's quite sunk in yet um i was at the sheffield adventure film festival this weekend um for work and uh and vertebrate publishing who are the publishers for the book they were just behind my stand and then the book was sat there like the sample copy was sat on the table waiting for me and it was you know it's something that i've seen written in tons of word documents that was like forty thousand words or something like that that combined Mm. There was PDF documents that went back and forth in editing, but see, once you get something in your hand that weighs what four hundred grams, I think it weighs. Yeah, tangible. Um, it's tangible. It's like a thing, and to see your name there is quite bizarre. <laughs> it's yeah. beautiful. It's it's just yeah. No, it, it's quite a moment, really. Congratulations! Congratulations Absolutely. again, done. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome yeah. Awesome achievement. Yeah. And this is your first ever book, just. Yeah, first, first time that first you first ever book, and I got the yeah. commission of a dream. <laughs> I know what. I, well, that that's what an opportunity come knocking, and yeah, well, you've you've knocked it out of the park because the book is absolutely awesome, isn't it, John? We've been able yeah. to get a, a a pre-publication glimpse, courtesy of Ross, um, which we really appreciate. But it's it's fantastic. Stephen and I had a conversation. Just about the introduction, the 15 page introduction is brilliant. The information that's in there. And I think that um, we'll ask you about to describe your own book just in a wee minute. Mm. But I think that introduction, it covers, there's a bit there that's called how to use this book. (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) fantastic. There's a wee bit about fitness, big bit about the environment, which I think is fantastic, bit about safety. And then there's that wee bit about this sort of, the history of the the areas that you're you, mm. that you're you're even describing you're enticing people into that's how I feel that's Ooh. how I feel so even just that introductory part is absolutely fantastic now remind us again before we get into the nitty gritty when is it available to purchase so it's available to pre-order now um pre-order started on the 18th of March um and if you get your pre-order in, you could be in with a chance of winning an entry to the Ring of Steel Sky Race, which is, speaking from experience, a fantastic race. It's really good fun. Um, if you don't want the entry, <laughs> maybe, maybe give it to one of your friends as a joke or, 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 or as a gift, uh, depending on which way you look at it. Um, and then it will be officially out on the 5th of May. Um, and I think if you pre-order a copy, you get it couple of days in advance of that so snap it up uh and yeah maybe get yourself Brilliant. a ring of steel entry <laughs> a ring of steel a ring of steel yes as uh 
as Callum McLean would say, I think he was <laughs> running around. Connery would, Sean Connery would say that good, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, he <would>. a ringer stall. <laughs> yeah, Callum McLean, yeah, the, who's very active on Twitter. Oh, he is, yes. His uh, Fire Call Friday, I think he calls it, when he's got his Gallic word of the of the day. Oh, Callum's great. Callum's is great. it Callum that goes about jumping rivers? It is Callum, yeah. Is that Callum, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he, was, he was on board a wee bit with our River Tayway adventure last year, John, um, because I think, he, I think he, he's high on Pershire Bay. I think he resides in Aberfeldy. Aberfeldy now, yeah. Yeah. And so we would have ran past his front door. <laughs> Poor Callum. He didn't invite you for a duke, did he? No, thankfully, no. <laughs> John, can it. John's not the strongest of swimmers, are you, John? I'm no, but I would have stopped for the rest. <laughs> oh, so, 5th of May, available to pre-order now, £16 sterling for pre-order copy price. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Buy direct from Vertebrate Publishing website to make yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The... Make sure you're supporting a, a great publisher. Um, oh, and, you say uh... that. Great publisher. We, we have had other... Um, another author on the podcast before of Mr. Broken, Ali Bevan. Ali Bevan, who I think you can buy in a bundle, can't you? you along can. with Ali. Yeah, yeah, me and me and Ali are officially a package deal. We like to say. <laughs> as long as you can give you that purple shell suit thing that he wears. That's oh man, <laughs> an icon of fashion. Quite something. Yeah. yeah, we've also had Robbie Britton on. Oh, right enough. Um, I forgot about Robbie. Well, I think very. Well, I think Vertebrate first came to my attention. Damien Hall had a book. I'm sure it was Vertebrate mm. put them out, and then Ali Bevan's broken last year, and so mm. they're smashing, aren't they? Oh, well, they these, are. Uh, these books are I was actually saying, like, see, when I got the copy of this in my hand, and it was like guidebooks traditionally have been very like you know they will tell you blow by blow how to get around a particular route and there'll be kind of like a certain size probably half the size of the book that i've got but vertebrate have done this thing where they found a market for books that are kind of like they're inspirational Mm -hmm. um they're a guidebook but they're also inspirational and they're meant to have that kind of information that you mentioned john in the introduction and thanks for for noticing it because sometimes you fly by the intro and uh and get into the kind of like, oh, I want to see the roots and stuff like that. But I really yeah. did. I took time to to put that introduction together and really wanted to make a point about the environment and how to, you know, people are going to go out and enjoy these hills. And, and I want them to be considerate and potentially to give back uh, to the yeah. places that they love. And in each of the routes, you get a chance to do that. There's a charity um, or or just further information where you can either donate or find out more about the places um because some of them do go through some amazing you know landscapes and uh, you know scotland's not immune to the issues of the climate crisis and biodiversity crisis and i think uh, the more people who get amazed by the places like that i've mentioned in the book uh-huh. then the more chance we have of inspiring them to do something about it and there's also a wee bit of guidance as to you know the, the difference in laws of access and land between mm. down south and up scotland is that mentioned in it did i, I might imagine the, there's um there is a bit on access and i think yeah. that the reason that i kind of wanted to mention it is because when i thought about who might buy this book it'll be you know people who are 
potentially like you know do a lot of hill running themselves but there's also folk who will be trail runners who are used to sticking to like signed paths and mm -hmm. folk maybe from down south who are used to having to follow like uh public footpaths or bridleways and and then folk from abroad who you know the access rights will vary and in scotland you know we've got this like really unique opportunity to with a, the right of responsible access to explore places just as we like within reason mm -hmm. um and yeah, I think coming to Scotland, sometimes folk can maybe open like a an OS map or a Harvey map and be like, well, I don't really know what to do, where to go. And yeah, it looks all, get? yeah, where, where am I allowed to, get go? to Yeah, where am I allowed to go? So I wanted to kind of encourage people, yes, it's a fantastic place to go and you, you have all the opportunity in the world to explore it. Um, but there are some responsibilities that come with it. So yeah, that's really important. Pick up your banana skins. That's it, yeah. And bury your wilder poos. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what you're meant to do, is it, John? Yes, I'm, I was trying to remember that Taking phrase. I'm trying to remember that phrase. What is it? Take nothing but photos. Yeah. And there's leave. Leave nothing but footprints, usually. Leave nothing but footprints. Take nothing but photos. And, and take your shit home with you, you know. That's yeah. Nice. yeah. <laughs> take, take your shit home. <laughs> oh, I'm saying your yeah, shit. I'm like, talking about your food. Your yeah, food wrappings. I think I think your shit. <laughs> so, no, I should put doggy bag. <laughs> I did meet somebody one time who did that. They were. I was yeah. like, "What? You put that in your backpack and take it home? No way!" <laughs> Death and honest Jane. They did that. There you go. Anyway, <laughs> let's get involved. We digress. That's all. <laughs> So I like now. I think you maybe just touched on it there, though, Ross. But you mentioned it being in Sheffield. Mm. If somebody approached the desk or the stand of Ross Brannigan and said to you, "Why should I buy your book?" What do you say to them? So, Running Adventure Scotland is basically the runner's guide to unlocking the Scottish landscape. There are so many amazing opportunities for you to explore Scot Scottish wild places. But as a runner, you're looking for particular things. You're looking for somewhere that's got some great views. It's got lovely runnable trails. It's probably got a cafe refreshment stop somewhere at the end. Um, and really, the book is an opportunity for you to be inspired by the 25 routes that I mentioned in the book and give you the tools to be able to create your own adventures um so yeah basically the book is a runner's guide to exploring scotland's wild places i can if there if there was a corridor outside here i can feel the folk cramming up inside it saying give me a copy of that <laughs> brilliant great summation absolutely brilliant but you know what there's a lot more stephen the detail in this book is quite phenomenal isn't it i think it's so there's 25 routes, 25 inspirational runs in Scotland's wild places, as it says on the front cover. And for each route, there's about five pages devoted to yeah. e explaining it, introducing the route, giving this set of really, really useful information up front at the start of that route description. And uh, Ross, you maybe want to tell us what some of that, that little purpley box <laughs> it's always purple box. no it, it's, it it's very color. much different it changes color yeah, along with the area of scotland i like that visual identity i actually wondered if because if you look at some of the photographs you can um i i actually wondered if they took like 
the colors that they find in some of the pictures at the lead and i was like oh i like that like you know the northwest highlands i've got a green jacket on and it's in green i was like oh nice so i don't know if that was intentional but um, i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna say it maybe it was but i'm wearing a blue top and it's in blue no, I think it's Stephen. Say, I would say it was your idea. You had full yeah, license, yeah. Of, <laughs> full license of the design. I have Not to only give idea, big credit. I have to Graphic give big design credit. Art, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to give big credit to Vertebrate because they made it look like an absolutely stunning book. But it's, um, it's a but, good job. It really is. Yeah. So um, each of the routes you'll find at the start. What I really wanted to do was, um, you know, a lot of a lot of like there's a lot of Monroe books out there for people. Um, and you'll be able to get your way around Scotland using a Munro book. But a lot of the routes that you'll find in Munro books aren't really that fun for a runner. Like either they'll be too steep or they'll be over just really, really rough grounds, not really much runnable terrain. Um, so part of the research for this book was checking out that the routes were, in fact, a runner-friendly route um, for a start. You know, not everybody loves bashing through heather and bracken and over rocky <laughs> rubbly stuff i mean some of them are like that but you know i wanted to make it accessible for for a large number of people but um yeah at the start of each of the routes you'll find like a little like you know your start sort of location how long it's going to probably take you but then also and i can't believe they kept some of them put this in because i i thought I, d- I did it as a bit of not like a joke but i did it as a bit like oh let's see if they keep that but i put like how boggy it'll be so like out of five how boggy the route is um how difficult it is so like how technical um and also what the kind of terrain you would expect on that and that's kind of you know as runners we like our shoes um and we like to make sure that we're putting the right shoes on for the right kind of trail and yeah that was kind of important to me for to be able to help folk with making those kind of decisions and you know you're not putting your s-lab ultras on when you're going to be running across some bogs and you're falling on your backside the whole time that wouldn't be particularly fun so yeah so it was a good it was good and then um you know the roots have all got a map in them they've got yep. photographs uh that you know allow you to kind of like see what the route like looks like on the ground and then a kind of general description which i would say is an opportunity for you to kind of maybe take a picture of it or maybe just kind of like get the general idea of where you're going um before heading off into the hills and and enjoying yourself and then at the back of each of the routes there's uh like points of interest what summits you're going to be touching um the kind of highlights along the way and just where to get that all-important post-run snack uh which everybody yes. everybody so, yeah. needs also as a book the photos in it are fantastic it's a it's a it's a journey across scotland the photographs yeah. are absolutely fantastic absolutely brilliant and something i know that steven's a fan of that um is the gpx thing you can you can do that for navigation too so there's a bit of safety in there as well isn't there Mm. you can download these things is that correct yeah 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 so each of the routes you're able to download the gpx file for which just makes it a little bit easier for you to get through Uh, runners we love to put the gpx files on our watches and um you know vertebrate we're we're really on it so kind of like behind the scenes look at kind of what they get up to is um, my editor would look at my route description and then would look at the GPX file and would be like, oh, well, your GPX file, you're on that side of the wall, but in your description, you're on this side of the wall. And I was like, well, you know, you're pretty on it, aren't you? So I never had it, you know, have no fear. The the routes and the descriptions and the GPX files are all as accurate as you could possibly imagine. Um, And yeah, the, 
you know the gpx files yeah they're they allow you to just be able to navigate around without having to well i don't think anyone would want to put a big clunky book in the back of their <laughs> their running pack but <laughs> much lighter on a watch it's not and i'll openly admit it's not a thing i've done yet transferred the gpx yeah. file something that steven has yeah. steven mentioned the river tv steven had that on his watch for the river tv and it was brilliant absolutely yeah. fantastic i was watching steven's watch from a from the side <laughs> and i could see it was and it was i think there was only steven's such a good navigator there was only a couple of times that it buzzed and it said you're going over there mate so but um i do believe steven's told me a number of times i i must say i've never had the need to do it I've not been in sort of remote places. I'm I'm normally comfortable where I'm going, but Stephen's assured me it's a very easy thing to do through the app on your for your watch. Oh yeah, there's plenty of YouTube guides and that how to do it if you're struggling with GPS. Either that or just message Ross on Twitter and he'll tell you. I'll sort you out. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, and I, I think um, John and I spoke about your book quite a bit over the last week, and I'd call the route descriptions and stuff John proof. Okay. <laughs> and that is for a number of reasons. One, nice and simple to follow. Maps, perfect. Big writing. John likes big writing. And um, crucially, you mentioned it already, Ross, recommendations of where to refuel. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So That's it, what we love. it's I don't know if you if you created like a almost a potential audience persona for this book and had John in mind, <laughs> but you've ticked every box. And if you created a persona that was me, you've also ticked all my boxes too. So right. kudos oh. to you and the publishers for that. Because oh, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, yeah. I tell you, it was no, it was no hardship going around checking out all the cafes that are in the book. I bet it wasn't. Oh, you know what? I can imagine our listeners going, well, if John can understand it, I'll be me. Definitely. And I think. Wait Steve a minute, John. Spoke, we, we spoke about. John, that's hang a sort on. of book that I would sit and look at in my living room. I would just sit and look at the book for the for the pictures and for descriptions because that's the sort of thing that floats my boat. I love that. So, I mean, what wind, you wind it back. Ross, Ross now has carte blanche to go to any of these eateries where the places to refuel just holding a copy of this book and, and he pretty much just says large latte double shot one of them huge bits of slabs of millionaire shortbread and a, a brie bacon and cranberry panini please and they should just go there you go sir laid out on a silver platter absolutely i'm yeah. going to write a book sometime <laughs> yeah guys, you should <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, you I'm now had... focused on a brie bacon and cranberry panini. That's oh, me. I'm away. <laughs> I tell you what, if you like scones, right? I, you know, yes. just, just, yeah, you like a good scone with cream and jam, maybe. Um, I highly recommend the Wee Whistle Stop Cafe in Torridon. That I guess a wee mention in the book, and it, oh, and usually it's homemade jam, and they're lovely people. It's all community owned. It's a fantastic place. Really recommend it. I, I would not be surprised at the lovely people if they're delivering goods of that nature. Oh, indeed. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. And you're talking about people, right? And lovely people. Yeah. There's a wee quote at the start of every trail, interesting mm. trail run, inspiring trail run. Do you want to say a wee bit about the people that are mentioned in the book? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, like, um, one of the things I really wanted to do with the book was to convey, like, how much of a community there is around Scottish hill running I mean if anyone's been to 
Scottish Hill races, they'll know the characters and they'll know how just like the people really make it. It's just so much fun. You know, you're there for a hill race, but actually when you're out there running around with rubbing shoulders with the likes of Finlay Wild and, and Hamish Battle and so on, it's uh, it really does, you know, it does make a difference. And I wanted to show that in the book, you know, the 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 people in it range from, you know, big names in hill running and the mountain running, like Donnie Campbell is mentioned in there, Stephen Pike, who had the Monroe round record before Donnie did. We've got you know, Finlay Wild gets a shout out and, and as well, thanks to Finlay because he, you know, he he provided the front cover artwork as well. And it's just absolutely beautiful photograph on Aaron. So, you know, hats off to him. And you've got like club runners. You've got people like Jill Stephen, who's, you know, well, I say a club runner, but she is like, you know, women's Scottish Hill Run champion <laughs> many times over. Um, and and uh, other authors such as Johnny Muir and Ali Bevan. Uh, friend of the show <laughs> yes yes makes a little cameo in there um and i think right in the middle of writing this book i and en- i ended up somehow um ending up as one of the support runners for kim collison's monroe round um when he did that <laughs> alongside ali bevan it wasn't i think i think there's now like you know there's been hamish battle there's been you know kim collis has been on himself there's like just a litany of people who were on that on that day uh, Kim Collison makes a wee cameo in, in one of the routes as well so like but obviously the the book was written during most like you know much of Covid's time and seeing people outdoors was kind of a, a tricky thing to organise at the best of times so most of the photographs are basically just photos of me and my fiance running around Scotland <laughs> so excuse the uh, you know the, the repetition in the photographs but <laughs> I I can't say that you need to excuse the repetition of the photographs because I think you've taken most of them on a um, phone. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And yeah. to be honest, that the, <laughs> they look absolutely superb. So uh, yeah, I, I, I love the photography. Else. I like pictures and books. Of course I do. And, course and do. yeah, even the one of you crossing the little bridge in the Oakle Hills. You know, just yeah. at the start of the um the, the, the route from Tilakutri, which will be probably close to your heart. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Do you know it's just like for all intents and purposes a professional photo shoot. It's just well well done to, <laughs> to both you and your, your other half with your mobile phone photography well, skills. There's a couple of names uh, you never mentioned in there that I would mm. like to give a shout out to. Ah, two two well kent faces probably in the Scottish running scene as well. And that one of them is Graham Kelly, Beardy. Beardy himself, yeah. Is a person we've Steve and I have both met at various times out on the, the different trails. I know he now does a lot of stuff with the Scottish Mountain Rescue mm-hmm. as well, which is another great organization. And then I was gonna say our very own, we don't own them, but a good friend of the show, James Stewart. Is mentioned in there too. The boy for Croy. Boy for Croy, who who's put a wee quote in about the West Highland Way. I think that jo- that got John's hairs in the back of his neck standing up the West Highland Way. Ticks all my boxes. Pages. Definitely. The, the elevation profile, you know, even, I think, I think it might be geese John a wee bit of a I mean, it does look shiver. like a, it does look like a heart rate, you know. Uh, you can see John's excitement just getting more and more <laughs> towards the and end. Physically, I... you can see John escalate, and he's got that elevation chart tattooed on his left arse cheek. <laughs> <laughs> Why 
when I got to the contents page, the first thing I did was scan down to see if the West Highland Way was included. You will not believe the joy. My heart skipped a beat when I seen <laughs> that the West Highland Way was in there. Brilliant, because it's been my, a huge inquiry, if it wasn't. It? It's my favourite place, and I know it's a big place. West Highland mm. Way is a big, covers a lot of Scotland, but it is my favourite um, trail. I think definitely within Scotland. I think I've said to Stephen before, certainly that. In my years, of which there have now been 56, um, I, most of them were spent covering Scotland, going to football games and concerts and holidays. But most of that was mm. travelling by bus or by car. It was only when I started running that I had unleashed upon me the beauty of Scotland and the mountains and the glens. Uh-huh. Um, and it's been a fantastic, very short journey so far. But it's been a brilliant journey, but the West Highland Way has just encompassed all of that. So I'm really, really looking forward to being inspired by this book. I already am by being inspired by this book and getting out there on, on more adventures. That sort of leads me to the scary bit of the podcast where Stephen posed a wee added on question. I think kind of I seen this in, but he put he, he added it in and he said he's vowed this is Stephen's words. John and I vow to run at least one of these routes in twenty twenty two. Tell us, Ross, where are we going? So over to you. Oh, it's a toughie. It's a toughie. Honestly. It's like asking to choose your favourite child or <laughs> <laughs> bring it on, Ross. Yeah, bring it on. So as I think, you know, I'm going to look to the West Highlands because it's a place which I do love. And I know I said the Cairngorms is my favourite place to go. Mm-hmm. But I think if there's one route in the book which I think you just have to check out, and that is the South Glenshield Ridge. Um, so, page you know, page 47. Um, I bet I, you can see that Steve's already got this thumb to, he's got a tab there, he's like on the wish list. And um, so the South Glenshule Ridge is this like spine of mountains that runs along basically the side of the, the, the one of the roads going off to Sky. And, you know, it's a point to point. So it does require a little bit of a logistical challenge. Um, you know, maybe pop pop a bike at the end or you get another car and do a car shuffle. But starting down towards, uh, you know, Shield Bridge itself, you sort of scoot up uh, one of the burns and then just turn turn up and get onto the ridge line and then once you get on the ridge you just get these stunning panoramic views if you get it on a good day we got it on a very good day um and uh you know you're bobbing along this like you know you're rolling along this ridge line you i know it's got seven munros on it but you know you wouldn't <laughs> notice you're basically tripping over munros when you get up there it's like they're just it's, every single one of them's got a bit of character to it but you see all into like you know Noidar, you look north into Glen Affric, and it's just this stunning area. And then once you get to the end of the ridge, you drop off the side of it, you run along back the farmer's track, and then once you've got your car, you can settle down with a pint and maybe a pie and sit in the Clooney Inn and refresh yourself after a fantastic day in the mountains. Oh, that sounds awesome. I'll, Ross, I'm going to paraphrase a, a, a wee excerpt from the book. The Glen Shield is an 
all-you-can-eat buffet of Monroe Baggin. <laughs> oh! oh. <laughs> ah, this John's buffet. buffet. I thought it was like, you'll get an all-you-can-eat buffet at the end of this. But no, that's wonderful. If an you ask the Clooney in buffet. nicely, you never know. <laughs> I've, uh, I've also written down part of Ross's oral description there was, you take a scoot up, and I'm going to put me do that, Stephen. I'm going to see if Ross's and mine scoot up compare. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I think we're in. Stephen, we vowed yeah, to do yeah. that. We're, 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 we're going. We're going. Is there, a, is there a plan B or anything, or are we just getting one option? Because I'm up for mayor, because we've got the Lakes 50 to train for. Oh, well, if you need a plan B, then uh-huh. I'll take you to... <laughs> I'll take you to the other side of the country now. I'm not going to give them all away, you know, but I'll give you a taste. <laughs> you know, okay. if you think it's, oof, I kind of fancy somewhere a little bit closer to home. So up um, near, near the Fair City. Yeah, Fair City. So if you okay. drive north and get to Blair Athol, uh-huh. you'll find the three Munros that make up Beneglow, um, which translates to mean Hill of the Mist, or as I like to call it, the Misty Mountain. Um, Beneglow is where I like to describe is where contour lines go to get confused. Because if you look on a map, you just see these like crazy contour lines that are zigzagging around, following all the quarries that look like they've just been blasted by cannons or something like that. And once you're up the top of Carnleith, you get this beautiful dragon's back like ridgeline that just sizzles its way all the way down and then up again and then onto the next two Monroes. And then you've got a nice track out at the end. And and I'll 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 give you another of the, the refreshment stops. Mm-hmm. If you just head up the road to the House of Brewer, I think I'd describe yeah. it as the closest that Scotland gets to fine dining as a chippy. Bring your wallet, John. Bring your wallet. I'll bring my wife's wallet. Anyway, I think bring your wallet. But no, I'm looking at a picture just now of what you've just described and that that zigzag trail down the the dragon's back you described it and i can mm. just picture I, I can picture john gazelle like like an ibex <laughs> whipping down there going around those s you know, like honestly man funny I, I you mention that i can out, see john. myself doing that too but sometimes when it comes to the actual implementation it might look a wee bit different Steve. you know it's all right what you it's all how you feel it you know john and i tell oh I tell you as well, Ross, I could listen to you describe these runs all day. It's brilliant. What a wordsmith. I must mention too, as well, I'm still looking at the contents page. On the contents page, which is split up, as we now know, in colour, the sections, but next to the name of each of the 25 routes is the distance. That's important to me because I'm, I think, like the very first one. Oh, I'm not even going to mention the name of it, right? But it's ten Go kilometers. I'm not, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna try the names. I'm not gonna try the names. Glen Coe's two lyrics. There you go. 14 kilometers. And then the, the distance is there at the start. That for me jumps out as something that I like to see. I didn't have to go and navigate through the book to find out how long it is. It's there at the very front. So what's no there, John, is the elevation gain though. <laughs> No, that's right. I think you're in after. I don't care about that. I'll take on anything. You know what I mean? I absolutely. Oh, that's that's been recorded. (laughs) There we go. Right. Get us back on track. No, no, you're you're right. And actually, you know, one of the nice things about writing the book was that we got 
we headed off in the van and we would sort of like stay in different places and we would get the chance to explore some of the regions, which is how the book split up is into regions. Because I thought, you know, if you're traveling to Scotland, you want to know if you're going to Aviemore, you're like, right, what's around that area? Or if you're going to Fort William, what can I do around here? And so kind of rather, you know, uh, in the same vein, we just traveled around Scotland and we got the opportunity to, to explore the places on kind of like the same level um i think one of the best ones was when we went off to the cairngorms and you know at the back of the book there's a couple of like honorable mentions to, uh -huh. to routes that maybe didn't make it into the you know the full route descriptions but you can go and give them a try and craig elke is one of them um so we started there and then we went to milavochaya um if you want to give it its triple triple proper yeah, thing like is the milabukal if you like um and then we went off and did that and went round the corner and we did like some of the stuff over in Ballater and came around to Braemar and that was just like this epic, you know, four or five day holiday, which I can imagine people would probably want to do the same or maybe take a couple of rest days in between. You don't have as much of a time pressure as we did to some occasions. But yeah, so it was kind of important for us to be like, this is a this is a practical guide. Uh, it's not just something which is higgledy-piggledy all over the place and you can't really get your head around it. It's a place for you to base yourself maybe and travel around Scotland and sort of see it for yourself. If someone was traveling though, and if somebody was coming, well, from anywhere, you could you could be in Scotland, pardon me, or a dear, you could be coming to Scotland. This is a guide that could inspire you to spend three days in one area of Scotland, or you could stay for a week somewhere, you could you could do a ten day thing. You could tour Scotland and pick off bits of this. Aye. That is for me is what appeals to me. And the way it's written it's so inviting. It's going to be hard for people <laughs> to choose. Where are we going to go first? Seriously. Yeah, 5th of May, people are going to be banking in like three weeks of annual leave just to go off exactly. and do all the routes. I also love the fact what you said there. There's some that you couldn't quite fit in. So that mm. section is called More Like This. I absolutely love More Like This. Here's the ones that never quite made the cut, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, but you love them that much that you're mm. putting them in at the end as a wee sort of appendix at the end. I think that's a teaser. Whoa. A teaser for volume two. 25 more inspirational runs in Scotland's no so wild places. There's places that aren't the wild that are nice to run as well. There oh, you go, there's, sure, a, there's yeah. an idea. 25 inspirational runs in Scotland's. Not so non-wild places. <laughs> that yeah, could be my one. That could be, the, that could be the juxtaposition book. I can that can be mine. Stephen Watt, right? So it's like running round the inch twenty-one times in Perth. <laughs> I don't know. It could be pretty wild. It could be pretty uh, wild on the inch. <laughs> that is actually, especially on volleyball competition weekend, yeah. which is a, an annual gathering in Perth, outdoor volleyball competition on the inch, and Did things get a bit hairy. Things get a bit hairy on the Saturday evening antics with all the camping volleyballers partying. <laughs> Enough of that. <laughs> so we'll that be was next weekend, of course, for the racing. Third of yeah. April. It's all happening. So yeah. but if, you had a wee, if you had a wee stand at the Anglo Celtic plate with a oh. boot. Aye, there you go. Oh, I wish it was available. <laughs> I know, eh? You could have spoke to Adrian. Yeah. 
We could just have like <laughs> an name. iPad on a stand and people just, you know, Pre-ordering. put their put their card. Beep, beep, beep. Ding, 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 ding. Do you know, Ross, come on, you've As got a wedding. Go you've got a wedding to pay for. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right, John. It's um there were a few routes that didn't quite make it in and the you know, it was if I think some of that was just a logistical thing. Um, some of it was, as I kind of mentioned, there was some that just weren't quite what I was looking for for a runner. You know, it was I had a I had a set of criteria really when I was looking at this. It was, you know, one: do runners love the place? Like, you know, do I see folk going running there often? And you know, Southland Shield Ridge, Benaglow, folk go there all the time, and they absolutely love the place. Is it a race route? You know, was it another one for me? Um, and does it have a place in Scottish community and history, like Scottish hill running community and history? So one of the ones in there is Maroon, um, which is <laughs> as a as a walking route. I remember as a child because it seemed to go on forever, and I was like, God, when will Maroon ever end? But then I went back and did it as a run, and I absolutely loved it. And I was like, This is great. And it turns out that Maroon is actually where one of the first hill races was ever held in Scotland. Um, so it gives an opportunity to talk about the kind of history and the background that goes into some of these places. And, you know, that that kind of was my foundational point for, for the routes. And then once you go along and visit some of them, maybe they're not so great for running or maybe they are. Um, you know, I think one of the places I would really have liked to have gone um, and explored a bit more of is the Outer Hebrides. Um, you know, the Hebrides is a really wild place you know it's on the it's on the front cover um and i know it's got some good running um up there and it just you know i kind of like made all these routes up and was like i could go there i could go there and it just it was one of those things that i know i have a full-time job um and and it was during covid and stuff like that so it was quite tricky to get these things to work but you know i try to think you know if you're going up to scotland where's the most likely places you're going to visit and i sort of geared some of the runs around that but as I said, these are to inspire you to go off and try out more. And as uh, as Steve maybe mentioned, there's uh, you know maybe a 25 more. I don't know if Vertebrate are listening to this. But... <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. With pre-orders already rattling in, I'm sure that it's already on their radar. <laughs> One thing I thought is something that could be worth doing on our social channels is asking our listeners and followers what is their most inspirational run place in Scotland? Mm, like, mm. you know, because you, be you see right on Strava and stuff like that, people sharing photos on a daily basis of some amazing yeah. places. And yeah, let, let's, let's share let's even it. more. And, and that'll maybe give you some research for <laughs> volume number two. I'll just, just, I'll send you my account anyway. Can you be my agent? Steve, you know, it seems can like be, uh, anything, anything, so long as I get I a book in your, my name. I can be your point. taster. I can be your taster. So oh, I, can, I, I can come meet the cafes. Heard your oh, drink. There's going to be a whole entourage soon, Ross. So, I know, I'm not even going to do any of the work. I'm just going to be the one who's writing it. Just sit on your tour bus. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Living the life of Riley. Anyway, let's get this back on track. Where are we, John, with the question set? Are we even following it for a change? Kind of. Loosely, loosely, but that's how we roll, isn't it? But I think you've obviously spent a lot of time on the trails, Ross, Mm. um, compiling your notes and taking photographs for for this book. One of the things we often ask people who have come on as guests is their favorite bit of running kit. Now, you must have got yourself ready to go running for a day in the hills or on the trails what's your favorite bit of running kit 
yeah so i'm a bit of a i'm a bit of a gear gear hoarder i'll be honest i love my gear um but i think i think one of the things that i always go for is my salomon s lab skin 12 liter pack um it's i think it's the first pack i bought for running um probably about four or five years ago now um and it just is bomb proof like all i've had to do is do stitching on some of the bungees that hold the water bottles in but it just seems to grow pockets i just seem to find mm-hmm. more space all the time to fit my all important snacks and get more kit in and it just always you know it hasn't failed me it doesn't rub doesn't bounce fits me well it is just fantastic that kit really recommend it i have to ask what color is it it's black Bye. you'll see it popping up quite a lot in the in the photographs in the book actually <laughs> That's You're cool. listening, Salmon. He needs a new one. <laughs> <laughs> when you're out there, certainly researching this book, were you carrying lots of stuff, or or were literally these photographs taken on a mobile phone? Yeah, 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 yeah. All of them are taken on the phone. Um, a couple of my, like one of my friends, Andy, uh, Andy Milton, he came out with us on one of the routes, and he brought his proper big camera with him and took some fantastic shots that you'll be able to see one of the routes in Dumfries and Galloway. Um, a couple of other people have contributed some photographs. Uh, Paul Webster from Walk Highlands contributed a couple of photographs to some of the routes. But yeah, most of them, it's just basically what I would take in my daily running pack. And, you know, it's, uh, I was always a bit like, oh, you know, well, the photographs come out well, but they really did. Um, you know, with some handy editing, maybe from Vertebrates, uh, kind design design yeah. team but yes. they came out pretty well i'm very pleased with them if you've ever seen handy editing on photographs you need to check out john's instagram account because oh. he can make a pair of cycling shorts look absolutely amazing <laughs> I, I swear to god you've never seen nothing like it in your life but anyway just one take they're, they're, stevie boy one take they're at least on they're at least on par with John, your photos, and that is saying that is high praise. Stephen, Ross mentioned snackage. He takes Dead. snackage in his salmon vest. Top trail snackage is the very next question, Ross. So yeah, we like our grub over here at the Young Hearts Run Free HQ. Fair to say. Um, but what is your um yeah, go to's for, for those long days out in the hills? Yeah, yeah. So I'm somebody who really does love the real foods um i'm not into my gels or any kind of like apart from my active route i'll say uh, active route up there you know yeah nice Friends one the show. yeah absolutely tip, i'm just name dropping here aren't i it's like on yeah. the hunt <laughs> exactly just yeah my, my dms are open <laughs> <laughs> no in all seriousness though um the I would, you know, apart from the cereal bars and stuff like that, I'll take out most of my long days. I'll take out a saurine, um, which is just, it's like the lambus bread of of foods. It is phenomenal stuff. It just keeps you going all day. I could, I could never, I never tire of it. It's so good. Um, and then if it's like a proper wait a minute, long day, wait a minute. Oh, before oh, you got off saurine, oh yeah, oh yeah. Are, are we talking buttered slices of saurine? Oh no, we're talking a whole saurine. A whole, the whole saurine. The, the sort of pound fifty. Big oh yeah, the log. Rather than so the one. Not the mini ones. Not the mini ones. No, no, no. So do you? I just do, rip it up. 
do you cut it kind of like a baguette and put like a <laughs> packet of love back in there? That's, that's escalating it to food of the gods. Standard. Oh man, I'm gonna have to try this out. I'm gonna have to try it. This a storine baguette where the filling is just from Stevie here. This is the filling is just butter. I mean, I'm pretty sure that there will be chefs turning in their grave. But anyway, that is the that is the way. Yeah. The I think- I think I'm going to have to try that. Um, yeah, that'll keep me going. And then the other thing that I really like, which are really packable and tasty, um, are my, my hummus and avocado or hummus and cheese or avocado and cream cheese wraps. Crack with a bit of salt and pepper and they're absolutely delightful. Uh, that'll keep you going. Any recommendation on wrap manufacturer? Oh, and wrap manufacturing. Yeah, yeah, because I find there's a big oh. disparity. Like you go to Aldi's and you get a wrap, and they're not bad, but they've got quite a long shelf life, and that's maybe reflecting oh. the taste. And you maybe get a wee fresher one, you know, the mission ones with the with the sort of charcoal stripes down them. <laughs> I'm a bit of a cheapskate actually, so like okay. if I'm if I've last night we had fajitas actually, um, so now I've got like you know four extra wraps just in the fridge that i'm able uh-huh. to just re just use them from there because there's only the two of us so we don't use the whole box so you know they yeah. kind of last us a wee bit it's only two of us we finished <laughs> <laughs> i know what's your standard john what's your standard number of fajitas on a sitting i'm a solid two but well, well i'm a two and a half which just does my, it's like I know. and then i'll finish up the domain and yeah, sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. Eat his stuff without the wraps. I've got but, some yeah. leftover that I'm like excited for after that. Oh yes, leftover doesn't have. Ah, right, wait a minute. That's we're <laughs> off. We're, we're off trail snackage. You're on to actually just speaking about food again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an occupational hazard. Okay, but right. Okay, so soaring wolf and hearty wraps. Hearty wraps. Yeah. Okay. I think through. I've got to. I've got to put a wee shout in for a smidgen, a spreading of hot paprika over your hummus and avocado just gives it a wee zing definitely a wee zing try it out you might not like it but i think you might i think i would have you got a particular uh, paprika favorite whatever's cheapest a wee wee dollop of chili jam and and your days are good there you go we've 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 upcycled oh, we're getting back into it guys we're going away we're yes, for anybody on, for anybody that's listening through to this some of the food stuff that's been mentioned in this episode is heaven you know when you we're seriously we're talking scones we've talked paprika on our wraps yeah. it's, oh, man. It's, it's like john's book's going to be 25 inspirational <laughs> food stuff <laughs> to, to fuel your runs and wild nice. places <laughs> Well, you can, mines will be 25 things you can put butter on there we go <laughs> and we haven't even talked about the, the 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 pie shop up in you know in the northwest so we're gonna you know we'll leave that for next time that is just ross has just confirmed that he will be a returning guest Yes, yeah, to talk about pies. Talk about pies. Talk about pies. Come on, young hearts, talk pies free. Young, ha- young hearty pies run free. <laughs> okay, listen, okay. I'm going to, for a change, I'm going to bring it back on track, Stephen. Good on you. Good on you, John. For a change, right? So we've spoken about running and we've spoken about the book. The book comes out to back. You, you can pre-order just now. Pre-order now. 
chance to win a place in the Ring of Scale. You can do that just now. But the book is coming out for open publication on or open purchase on the 5th of May. You can do that as well. But Ross, what are your running plans for the rest of 2022? What are you going to be up to? Yeah, so I am quite... Uh, I spend much of my time just like daydreaming about random link up routes and multi-day adventures, to be honest, at the moment. It's uh, I've got a wee bit of a foot niggle, so I'm kind of just sat here with a map in front of me right now. Oh, and dangerous. it's like, oh, just gazing at it the whole time. So I, you can imagine. But, you know, I am sort of next month, I'm hoping to get out and do a couple of days fast packing trip across the Lake District is the plan. Um, so that's that's in the, in the near future. and then. We've got a holiday booked uh, in France. Uh, we're going to be taking the train and heading off to the Jura Mountains to maybe do a few days over there. Um, and then sort of further down the pipeline next year, getting married, as Steve alluded to, and the the honeymoon likely going to be some multi-week type adventure. So really this year is just getting some consistency and some long days under the belt to be able to keep up with my fiance. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Sounds good to us. Are you going to be at the Ring of Steel yourself? Ooh, I might be there. Yeah, I might be there. You could maybe rig that competition. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steven, you're some boy. Oh, no. Who's this How name that's picked out the hat? Oh, there's like five Ross Brannigans in here. Oh, how did that Roscoe happen? Brannigan. Oh, yeah. He's the man. <laughs> We can say she has the same birthday as me. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know. Okay, sorry. Oh, so you mentioned your partner. You've been running with your partner a few times, and mm. is your partner a runner? What's her preferred thing? Is it running? Is it biking? What is it? Uh, yeah. So, um, Bo is um is quite a mean ultra runner. She's done the Dragon's Back. Um, she's going to be running the Lakes Traverse. Uh, on the second oh. of April, so she puts me to shame. In fact, one one of the routes that definitely didn't make it into the book because it was absolute trauma, and I have only myself to blame for this. Was I plotted a route out and completely forgot that there was a eight kilometer run into the start of the route, <laughs> and so you know a couple of my friends had done this route, and I was like, ah, oh, twenty. 5k or whatever it was that'll be fine so we packed for 25k set off I looked at my watch I can't remember what must have gone through my head but I was like oh the route doesn't start here it starts 8k up the road <laughs> so then we set off these these Monroes are at Achnesheen um, or Achneshelech actually um, a totally remote spot just at the end of like you know Loch Malardach or something and um and we're on, we're on like the the last climb that was meant to be a path that was this boggy trudge and we've done you know probably about 20k and a good part of 2000 meters of climbing by this point and i was like i was bonking like mad i was having that absolute nightmare of the time and i was down to my last caramel wafer and then she comes motoring past me it was like as soon as the tough gets going she really like comes out of her shell and she's like just having a jelly baby every so often and just like dragged me through that whole like climb up into the Bialik again and then the whole eight kilometer run back and as soon as we got back we were attacked by midges in the car park threw ourselves into the van and ate an entire quiche so <laughs> 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 
it was a great day out. These are memory makers. That was it, yeah. I was like, oh, this is all fun. And then and then I was like, I've made a big mistake. I'm definitely <laughs> betting off more than I can do. I'm a 38k day or something in the end. <laughs> Just shy on ultra. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she definitely put me to shame on that last stint. Right, Stephen. Dialect yeah. dictionary. We are at that stage of the show, the the back end, as they might say. This is what all the listeners hang on for, Ross, though. So by no means is it like not well waited for. We like to ask all our guests who come on to the Young Hearts Run Free podcast for a submission into our dialect dictionary. So over to you for your choice. Yeah, so this one took me a little bit of thinking because it's kind of... I think at some point there's like you forget a few of them, but as soon as you unlock it, it just all comes back to you and you're like, oh man, there's so many I could choose from. But one that brings back really good memories for me is the word clarty. And it's something that just takes me back to when my gran would see me after I'd been running around in the park with my pals and getting covered in mud and I would get home for tea and she'd be like, ah, look at you, you're clarty. <laughs> and it's just one of those ones that really gives gives good memories. And, you know, I think I hope. I hope anyway that the people who go out and run the adventures in this book will maybe be a bit clarty when they get back, you know? Ah, they will. Clarty feet, clear minds. That's it. I, think, yeah. I can I can imagine. I seen I was watching Stephen there and as you said the word clarty, both of us started nodding. And I think that hopefully our listeners will be getting that good, wholesome vibe from your childhood of being clarty. Yeah. And it's a great word, so thank you very much for sharing that. That's a rocketed right in, Stephen, hasn't it? It is. It's, ding, it, ding. it's, it's there. It's, it's locked and loaded. A bit like this podcast. Oh, boy. Oh. Right. A hitter. We have one remaining task, Ross, for you. Mm. And that is we are, com- <laughs> we, are compiling, we are compiling our La Buff Buff Volume 2 or the collection of songs for our listeners to listen to if they're in a very long run they can listen to this episode and then they can switch over on the way back and get hyped to the buff buff volume two which song would you like to add into the buff buff volume two and maybe a song that you'll play at your wedding next year what's it going to be <laughs> yeah so i think um Oh, there's so many, there's so many good ones, but I think I would, I have to go with Queen, and I have to go with One Vision, the, the sort of starter track of the Kind of Magic album, that yeah. some song, get you real pumped up. Yeah, well, if you are listening to this on the way back, your heart rate is going to go up with this one, and get you pumping <laughs> in the trail, if you're on the trail, um, I don't... I don't think we've heard about a Freddy yet, Stephen. No, this is going to be the first appearance, and I'm pretty sure it will not be the last either. But yeah, it's a it's a suitable candidate, isn't it, for the La oh, yes. Volume Two? It's got a good crescendo. It will oh, be I... my earworm now for for a wee while because I do love a bit. I know there's more to Queen than Freddie Mercury. They're a fantastic mm. band, a great four piece, but yeah. Freddie has that power in his voice to just take you places that you need to be. As does Ross's book. How's that for a segue? <laughs> Give us part a medal. John, one <laughs> Don't vision. stop me now. Wrong tune, oh. but it works. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's also in. So, yeah. 
know that we've ever refused an entry yet. That would be a turn up to if we went. Know, right? No, right. by nah, the way, that, that's not that song that's is that. absolute pish. When we'll <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm so, like One Vision is in. Is that the yeah. song that mentions fried chicken? It is, yeah. So you get hungry at the end of the, the run as well. <laughs> Guess reach for your saurian loaf baguette. <laughs> <laughs> Ross, this oh. has been absolutely brilliant. I'm going to say thank you twice. Thank you very much um, for you. coming and chatting with us. Um, I'm sure your book is going to be a rip-roaring success. I would encourage all of our listeners, go and have a look at it. Order it from the Vertebrate publishing website. Um, you will love it for a number of reasons. The layout of it is good to hold in your hand. The pictures are brilliant. The descriptions are brilliant. And um, you know what? It'd be great as well if our listeners could feed back and say how much they've enjoyed the book too. So, but but thank I you very that. much for your time. Because yeah. you know what? We've discussed a lot more than the book tonight. I've really enjoyed our, our time together. So thank you very much. Well, thank you guys. It's been a real pleasure. No, it's absolute pleasure, Ross. Thank you very much for making time again to speak to us. I have all that will become maybe apparent, um, but it, it's it's been awesome um, catching up with you. And um, like I said at the start, we've we've had this in the pipeline for some time, and it's no disappointed at all. And we really appreciate you sending us an early copy of your book so that we can get our eyes on it. And yeah, it's definitely fueling some um, some 2022 adventures for me already. So so thank you. Hopefully, I'll maybe see some others out on the routes. I'll maybe see you there. Oof. There we go. You'll be in your tour bus. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you very much, dude. Cheers, guys.